So let me give you a little context here for those of you that may not have been in church with us the weekend I recorded this. Um, I had a sermon prepared for um, why knowing, it was called the necessity of a dream. Why knowing God's dream for your life? Why that's so important? And I had far more material than I could fit into the message. I got through about six points and for time I needed to stop. But I'm like literally just finished the last service and I've stepped out here to try to finish my my notes. And and so let me just kind of catch you up to what I left. And if for some reason you're seeing this and you didn't hear the first part, uh, that sermon, The Necessity of a Dream, it's part of the dream series, Living a Life in Crescendo, the key to living a life in crescendo, week one, The Necessity of a Dream. Okay, you can find that at our website under the media tab, northplacechurch.com or at our North Place YouTube page. So let me just give you, like, tell you where I'm going, all right? The first six, I'm trying to help you understand why it is important to discover God's dream. And I said in the message, it can be God's plans, God's purpose, God's desires, God's vision, but we're using the framework of a dream, so we keep saying God's dream. You could use any of those other words interchangeably, okay? Why is it so important to know His plan, His vision, His dream for your life, okay? This is what we said, because His dream for you is good, Because His dream for you is bigger than any dream you could ever come up with on your own. Because everything, literally, starts with a dream. Everything. The business that you you, want to start, the, the, the ministry He's called you to, a better marriage. Everything starts with a dream. Because a dream defines you. It brings definition to your life. Five, because a dream stretches your faith and keeps you growing. You need a dream because His dream reveals what He wants to do through your life. That's what I got through in the sermon and a lot of other material about the power of a dream. Okay, let me, let me move into what I had to cut. This is what I told them would be the bonus material today. This is number seven. Okay, we did the six. This is number seven. God's dream for your life will focus your energy. You don't have time to do everything in your life. As I reach almost 50 now, I'm realizing all these things I had that I wanted to do I'm not going to get to. And I think that's where a lot of people's midlife crises has come from is they had all these things, these fanciful ideas. They weren't God dreams. They were fanciful ideas. And they start realizing when they approach midlife, I'm not going to live long enough to accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish. And life didn't turn out the way I wanted to. And that's where they get into this disillusionment we call a midlife crisis. So you can't do everything. And, and, and if you could, everything is not worth doing. So you need something to bring clarity to your life and God's purpose, His plan, His vision, His dream for your life prioritizes your time and energy. You, it will help you know what, what is worth giving your life for and help you understand what is not worth a second of your life's time. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul writes this, I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step, I fight to win. I'm not just a shadow boxer or playing around. Paul's saying, look, I want to be intentional. I want to be purposeful. I'm not playing around with my life. Because Paul has seen a clear picture about his future, what God wanted for his life. And when you see that, when you know God's plan, his dream for your life, it focuses your time and energy. And until you know, you're going to waste a lot of time until you discover that dream. All right, number eight. God's dream for your life will keep you going in tough times. If you don't have a dream, you'll be the quickest to burn out and the quickest to give up. 
Because dreams never materialize immediately. For some of us, look, the bigger the dream, the longer it's going to take. It takes a few days to incubate a mouse, and it takes months and months and months for gestation and incubation of an elephant. The bigger the dream, the longer it's going to take. And every dream has delays and detours and distractions and discouragements. The bigger the dream, the longer it's going to take, and it may take you the rest of your life. But having the dream is what gives you motivation to keep going when you want to give up. People will call you a fool when you face headwinds and adversity and they want to tell you, isn't this a sign it's not God? No. Sometimes the dream that you have in life, uh, that you're facing adversity because the dream in your heart is from God. Now, this may come as a surprise to a lot of people and some people may think I'm weak for admitting this, but there's a lot of Sunday nights I go home from church. Sunday nights are probably my hardest emotional night of the week because I have PMS, post-message syndrome. Uh, and, I, and it's a real thing for pastors. I've, I'm not the only one that felt this way, and I've had other pastors affirm to me, you, you, you pull your guts out trying to get a sermon ready, hearing from God, you know, 20, 25 hours. You preach your guts out, and sometimes when you're done, it's like all people did is look at you, doesn't seem like it's making any difference at all. Was all of that really worth it? Um, and then you start having self-doubt. You start asking, maybe it's time for me to move on. Maybe it's me. Maybe, maybe somebody else could lead this better, do this better, preach this better. And I felt like that far too often in my life. But you know what's kept me going for the last 33 years when I face those emotions? I, I have a dream that will not let go of me. You say, what dream? Well, I could talk about it a lot of different ways, but ultimately my dream is your spiritual transformation and the maturity of you growing into a fully devoted followers of Christ. Whether it's a broken-hearted child that I serve at the ranch that we have for broken-hearted kids, or whether it's an adult sitting in the chairs of one of our campuses at North Place, my dream is for your spiritual maturity and maturation. I dream one day of standing before God and presenting you as the church God's called me to pastor, the people that God has put under my care, and presenting you to God as my offering and said, Lord, I did the best with what you trusted into my care. I'm growing my fruit on other people's trees. I am giving my life to see fruit in you because I want you to become all that God has destined you to be. And I have committed to not let you settle for a life of diminuendo and decline. I don't want you playing in the kiddie pool anymore. I want to push you to become the man and woman of God that God has called you to be. That's God's dream for my life. And it, it's what keeps me going when I want to quit, when I'm discouraged. When Job lost everything, this is what he said. I don't have the strength to endure. Job 6.11, I don't have the strength to endure I have nothing to live for. Job lost sight of the future. Tragedy destroyed his ability to dream. And when he lost sight of the future and lost his ability to dream, he lost his strength. Having a clear picture of how God wants to use you in the future will give you the strength to endure tough times in the present. It's not pain that makes you give up. It's pain without a purpose that makes you give up. If you know you're headed somewhere, you can face all kinds of suffering because you know you're going through it. And God is going to use it to help you accomplish His plans and purposes in your life. Number nine, God's dream for your life will inspire others to dream. If you're a dreamer, you will become an inspiration to other people. 
Um, one of the most rewarding things I've seen a young man that connected to my dream early on at the ranch uh, came to me and said, hey, I was an abused kid growing up. Had I had a place like this, uh, I, would have, I would have been different. My life would have been different. He's now a pastor, and uh, he's come and served at a lot of our camps through the years. Just last year, Chad launched his own version of camps in Missouri. And, 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 and so what we do through our camps at Lonesome Dove Ranch is being duplicated in another place under another name with the guy that has the same kind of story as me. God gave me a dream, and I had no idea that that dream was going to inspire Chad's dream. Chad didn't even know to dream that dream, but God put it in his heart when he saw what was possible, and now it's happening in Missouri. Only eternity will tell. One of the most encouraging things that will ever happen to you is to know you inspired somebody else. Proverbs eleven twenty seven says, If your goals are good, you will be respected. If you have unselfish goals and dreams that desire to honor God and help and love people, your dream is going to inspire other people to dream. Number 10, the self-discipline it takes to pursue your dream will be rewarded in heaven. God put a dream in you to do something on earth. And God's going to bless that dream on this earth. But I just couldn't finish this today without reminding you that God's going to reward the discipline and effort you have to exert in pursuit of that dream. You're not only going to see fruit on earth. He's going to reward you in heaven for eternity. Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 9.25, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. To prove that point, just like three days ago, I was, I'm, a, I'm a pretty avid sports fan, especially football. I, I was with a group of guys and we were talking about the Super Bowl. For the life of me, I could not remember who won the Super Bowl. It took me forever to think up who actually played. This is April, that was just February. Talking about competing for a prize, a trophy that will fade away. But our dreams that we're pursuing that God has put in our heart is going to be rewarded with an eternal prize, a prize that will never fade away. Your self-discipline will be rewarded in heaven. And finally, number 11, okay, this is the last one I wasn't able to fit in the original sermon. God-given dreams are a gift from the Holy Spirit. And you need to realize that. You can't just make them up. God never promised to, to bless what you make up. But He does promise to bless and arrange circumstances in your favor for what He deposits in your heart. You have to realize those dreams are a gift from the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, at the Holy Spirit outpouring on the day of Pentecost, Peter gets up after it happens and is explaining to everybody watching this supernatural moment. And he's trying to tell the crowd what they are seeing and he says this in Acts 2.16, What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Okay, Here's what Joel had said hundreds of years earlier. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. See, there's two keys here. Okay? Those dreams and visions were gifts from the Holy Spirit, and they were poured out on everybody. Okay? This, was in, this was incredibly revolutionary in that day and time. God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour dreams and visions through the power of my Spirit into the hearts of the rich, the poor, um, the Greek, the Jew, the man, the woman, the young, the old, sons and daughters, all of you. I'm going to pour my Spirit out on everybody, 
And you're going to dream dreams. You're going to see visions. You're going to prophesy. This was the power of the Spirit. So this, this is what this tells me. If you want to discover God's dream for your life, then you need to get in tune with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what deposits, it's who deposits those God-sized dreams in your heart. So let me pray for you. I, I had to do it this way. I couldn't fit it all in this, the main sermon. I needed this bonus moment with you because I'm moving on to the second series, second message next week, and it's entirely different, but it's going to be just as encouraging for you. So we need to move on. We need to flip the page, keep talking about how to live a life in crescendo, but we're going to move on from this, okay? We're going to talk about another component of our dream. But let me pray for you today. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're doing a work in the hearts of our people. And I'm just encouraged today to think of what is going to be born out of this. That the businesses, entrepreneurial ideas, ministries, rekindling of the call of God on people's lives, renewal of marriages that have gotten stagnant in status quo, dads that are going to dream about re-engaging with their children in a new way. I have no idea, God, what all you're going to do with this, but my heart is excited about it. And I ask you to unleash your dreams in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen.